Welcome to the Shortwave Report. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. This Shortwave Report is a 30-minute review of news and opinion heard on a shortwave radio and the internet in Northern California. Listening to international broadcast at home is quite easy. You just need a shortwave radio with a schedule of English language broadcast or a computer or smartphone with an internet connection. To help you with this, I'll announce times, frequencies, and website addresses at the conclusion of each series of stories. At the website for this show, that's outfarpress.com. You can listen to the past five shortwave reports, find advice for listening to shortwave at home, and find internet links for global news sources. Please check it out and tell a friend. In today's edition, you'll hear reports from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, Radio Havana Cuba, and Sputnik Radio. We'll begin with Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. Information on the assassination of the Haitian president is very limited right now. Chile has selected an indigenous woman to preside over the drafting of a new constitution. Several short reports on the COVID crisis. The European Commission has warned Hungary about a new law banning LGBTQ education in schools and in the media. China criticized U.S. Secretary of State Blinken. Then, French and German and Chinese leaders met together for a video conference on cooperation. Climate researchers say that the world may have passed a critical global warming threshold during the unprecedented heat wave in Canada and the U.S. Northwest. They say that the weather would be impossible without climate change caused by human activities. A researcher says that the U.S. fossil fuel corporations sponsor disinformation campaigns and fund climate skeptics to confuse the public and maintain their sales. Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. Now to Haiti, where police say they have killed four people and detained two others following a gun battle with suspects in the assassination of President Jovenel Moïse. Officials say the suspects belong to a group of professional commandos and foreign mercenaries who killed the president in his home while posing as U.S. special agents. World leaders have condemned the killing, which deepens the Caribbean nation's ongoing political crisis. The U.N. Security Council is due to discuss the situation today. Chile's National Assembly has selected an indigenous woman to preside over the drafting of a new constitution. Santiago University professor and activist Elisa Loncon won an absolute majority in the second round of voting. Loncon represents the Mapuche people, a group unrecognized by the current constitution from the era of dictator Augusto Pinochet. They are hoping that a new text will afford them new cultural, political, and social rights. Health authorities across Latin America are battling a rise in coronavirus infections. The region already has the highest COVID-19 death rate in the world. Brazil has suffered the most fatalities in the region with more than half a million deaths. That's followed by Mexico, where over 230,000 people have died. And Peru has reported nearly 200,000 deaths. The United States has sent 2 million doses of the Moderna vaccine to Vietnam. President Biden has promised to distribute 80 million doses to countries that are facing shortages. Germany is easing quarantine rules for travelers from the UK, Portugal, Russia, India, and Nepal. 
fully vaccinated people will no longer need to isolate upon arrival. And Luxembourg's prime minister is serious is in serious but stable condition in the hospital after contracting COVID-19. Xavier Bettel has only been partially vaccinated. European Commission Chief Ursula von der Leyen has warned Hungary it will face legal action if it fails to repeal a new law that critics say discriminates against the LGBTQ community. The law bans content about homosexuality and gender change from schools and the media. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban has placed a full-page advertisement attacking the European Union in Germany's biggest-selling tabloid, Bild. The ad accuses Brussels of building an unauthorized superstate, and it says citizens must be saved from the dangerous challenge of migration. Other newspapers have refused to carry the notice. China has hit out at the United States after U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Uyghur Muslims who were detained at camps in China's northwest Xinjiang region. Beijing said Washington would never succeed, quote, in its attempts to disrupt Xinjiang and contain China's development with human rights issues. German Chancellor Angela Merkel and French President Emmanuel Macron have held a video conference with their Chinese counterpart, Xi Jinping. They discussed issues ranging from climate change to human rights. Xi told the pair that he hopes to expand Chinese cooperation with Europe. Now, climate researchers say the world may have passed a critical global warming threshold as a heat wave sets records across North America. Parts of Canada reached nearly 50 degrees Celsius and the high temperatures have led to hundreds of deaths. Europe is also experiencing one of its hottest ever summers. It's a random event. It's a very seldom event. In observations, you don't see this over the last 100 or maybe 150 years and there's no paleoclimatic evidence from from tree rings, from other uh, archives that would support that this has been experienced in the past. This warming was modeled by scientists in the U.S., Canada and Europe for a World Weather Attribution Report. Researchers say hitting nearly 50 degrees in Western North America is virtually impossible without climate change caused by people. They estimate this global warming made the heat wave 150 times more likely. This is not a British Columbia problem, it's not a Canada problem, it is a global challenge and we all need to have citizens of the world coming together, as we have, quite frankly, to address a global pandemic. There is a lot of uncertainty in the data covering the frequency of heat waves as the phenomenon was so extreme. But something the scientific community does agree on is that climate change played a big role. Let's explore this with Stefan Ramstorff, who's a climate scientist at the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research. If the world were to act in good faith and try to reach the Paris climate targets today, when would we see the benefits? Well, we certainly haven't passed the point of no return. We can still stop global warming. And uh, of course, in the Paris Agreement, it was agreed to stop warming well below two degrees and pursue efforts to stop it at 1.5 degrees. And this is still possible if we ramp down our greenhouse gas emissions down to zero in the next two to three decades. Right. So if we could do that in the next 20 years, what benefits would we see? What change would be evident to us? 
Well, we basically would be limiting the detrimental change that is ongoing now and has been going on since the 1980s. And in that way, we could avoid the worst uh, catastrophe, basically. And uh, that's why there was unanimous agreement in Paris to do that. We've seen with the COVID pandemic that when global events hit rich countries hard, solutions, effective solutions can be found. Now we see the Pacific Northwest seeing these extremes, hundreds of people dying. Is that the sort of, is that the sort of thing that you think will, will perhaps uh, make countries like the US and Canada act with more urgency? Well, one would hope so. But if you look at Europe, we were hit by a heat wave in 2003, which caused 70,000 fatalities. And we're still struggling with half-hearted climate policy. So I think just these extreme events are not enough. It needs a lot of uh, political pressure as well from the people to push their own governments to do their share in implementing what was agreed in Paris. Why isn't that happening? Why isn't the action following the words? This is basically due to lobby forces. The lobby of the past, i.e. fossil fuel companies, is always stronger than the lobby of the future industries. In your assessment then, down to the, the, the oil and gas industry trying to uh, preserve their position, their economic uh, power? I think so. And it's well documented in the United States that they have been spending hundreds of millions of dollars on supporting uh, so-called climate skeptics and confusing the public about the causes of global warming, which are, of course, our use of their product, the fossil fuels. Is climate change all bad news? Uh, are there any places that have actually benefited from the climate changing? Well, of course, there are some benefits. And uh, in Germany, of course, we can enjoy a longer swimming season in the North Sea and Baltic. But these benefits are fairly minor compared to all the, the losses that we suffer from global warming. Because uh, in principle, a world that's three degrees warmer or three degrees colder than now would not be a problem had we been adapted to this for the last thousand years or so. But we are adapted with all our agriculture, with the cities built to the current coastlines, to the climate that we have had in the last millennium. And so any change, major change in either direction is a huge problem for humanity. Stefan Ramstorff uh, from the Potsdam Institute for Climate in uh, Impact Research. Those reports were from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, which may be heard at a combined audio-video website, dw.com. On to Radio Havana, Cuba. In Honduras, a court found a man guilty of masterminding the assassination of environmental activist Berta Caceres five years ago. Venezuelan President Maduro said independence must be built and defended every day in the face of U.S. and its allies' sanctions. The Zapatista mission arrived in Madrid on the 500th anniversary of the conquest by Spain. The Peruvian government has rejected a request by Keiku Fujimori to convene international audits of the June election that she lost. Hawaiian native scholar, author, and activist Hanani K. Trask passed away. 
The Israeli military continued bombing raids on Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Radio Havana, Cuba. Chamber 1 of the National Sentencing Court of Honduras read the ruling in the case against David Castillo Mejia, who was found guilty of the murder of environmentalist Berta Cáceres five years ago. While hearing was taking place, demonstrators gathered outside the Honduran Supreme Court in expectation of the ruling for David Castillo, considered one of the masterminds of the crime which occurred on March the 2nd, 2016. Lucia Villas, the spokesperson of the judiciary, confirmed that the ruling by the sentencing court was by unanimous vote and the prison sentence that Castillo will receive will be announced on August the 3rd. Castillo, an executive of the company Desarrollos Energéticos S.A. D.E.S.A. D.E.S.A., was convicted as, quote, intellectual co-author or mastermind of the murder of the Lenka environmentalist and could face a sentence of between 20 and 25 years. Delta Caceres confronted Dessa by defending the Gualcaque River where the company intended to build the Awazaka hydroelectric dam and claimed that it caused damage to the environment, mainly to the Lenka community. Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro said Monday that independence must be built and defended every day. He spoke during an event with the Bolivarian National Armed Forces, the FANB, to commemorate the 210th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence of the country. Maduro emphasized that celebrating this date means, quote, a commitment to overcome criminal sanctions and recover the paths of sustainable development and the socialist state. The president continued, independence is made every day. It is defended every day, built every day. Independence is a permanent struggle for dignity. Today we can celebrate the magnanimous act of declaring independence in this free, rebellious and sovereign land. The president also expressed that defending independence provides the opportunity to conquer and to recover all social and economic rights that have been affected by the illegal and unilateral imposition of coercive measures by the United States and its allies. How glorious and great, Maduro said, was the Bolivarian vision of having a whole continent free, independent and pursuing its own path. Squadron 421 of the Zapatista Army of National Liberation, the EZLN of Mexico, was received in Madrid, where its members delivered the seed entrusted by their peoples in the fight against inequality. On the 500th anniversary of the conquest of Mexico by the Spaniards, the Zapatistas set out for Europe on May the 3rd. Over 100 people welcomed the Zapatista representatives who arrived in European territories after crossing the Atlantic Ocean by boat as part of a European tour in which they intend to denounce the, quote, inequality derived from the capitalist economic and social system. Before arriving in Europe, the Zapatista representation renamed the continent Tierra Insumisa, which was celebrated at the reception in Madrid by Monica Gorgatelli of the Migration and Anti-Racism Commission of the Feminist Movement 8M in charge of presenting the event. The Zapatistas intend to symbolize in this way a conquest in reverse of dialogue and understanding to revisit history and share struggles with Europe from below and to the left, the one that resists. The Peruvian government has rejected the request of the popular force candidate, Keiko Fujimori, to convene international audits to review the votes in the presidential runoff election, while the National Jury of Elections, JNE, moves forward in examining the challenges presented after the second round of elections on June the 6th. In an official letter signed by the Minister of Justice, Eduardo Vega, and addressed to the candidate, 
He is reminded that the executive and the president of the republic cannot intervene in an electoral process at the request of one of the participating political forces. In his letter of response to Fujimori's request presented last week in the government palace, the official indicated that the possible irregularities referred to in her letter should be dealt with by the JNE, which has been evaluating and resolving the challenges. After the official refusal, the right-wing candidate uploaded her displeasure in social networks against the interim president, Francisco Sagasti. According to the candidate, such as an evaluation would determine whether the results processed and counted by the National Office of Electoral Processes represent the will of the people. Renowned native Hawaiian activist, author and scholar, Haunani K. Trask, died this weekend in Honolulu after battling Alzheimer's disease for years. She was 71. Trask was a devoted native Hawaiian community advocate and a longtime opponent of the United States colonization of Hawaii, who denounced the destructive impacts the military and tourism industries had on their sacred land. Speaking at a rally at the Aiolani Palace on the 100th anniversary of the illegal overthrow of the Hawaiian Kingdom, Hunani K. Trask said, We are not American. Say it in your heart. Say it when you sleep. We are not American. We will die as Hawaiians. We will never be Americans. They took our land. They imprisoned our queen. They banned our language. They forcibly made us a colony of the United States. America always says they are democratic. Lies. That is a lie. The Israeli military has carried out another overnight raid on Hamas positions in the besieged Gaza Strip after saying incendiary balloons were launched from the Palestinian enclave. Tel Aviv said it struck a weapons manufacturing site and rocket launcher belonging to Hamas late on Saturday. According to security sources and witnessed in Gaza, fighter jets struck the facilities west of Gaza City and in the northern strip with no immediate reports of casualties. Saturday's overnight raid was the fourth time Israel carried out air attacks in Gaza since the May offensive, which ended in an Egyptian-brokered so-called ceasefire on May the 21st. The United Nations has dubbed Gaza an open-air prison, with residents enduring extreme poverty amid conditions that have worsened since the coronavirus pandemic. Those reports were from Radio Havana, Cuba. Cuba's website is working well at radio8c.cu, though the podcasts are not being updated. On shortwave, Cuba may be heard from noon to 1 p.m. at 15140, and from 6 p.m. to midnight at either 6000, 6060, or 6100. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report, or could assist me by supporting this listener-funded program, I may be reached through the website and PayPal, or by writing to Dan Roberts at P.O. Box 1162. Willits, California, 95490. Please help me keep producing this freely distributed weekly radio show. We will conclude with Sputnik Radio. Afshin Ritansi interviewed Professor David Nutt, the former chair of the Advisory Council on the Misuse of Drugs in the UK. They discussed the entrenched power of the alcohol industry over Parliament, David's research into the creation of a substance that would provide an alcohol high without the health damage, 
why the policy of the current and previous governments toward recreational drugs has been a mistake, how racism was de facto encouraged in policing the crackdown on drugs, the often ignored severity of harm caused by alcohol, and how the damage caused by drink in the UK costs more than the revenue made from the industry. Sputnik Radio. As Euro 2020 beers rain down from above when England faced Denmark tonight at Wembley, are we all at risk of a drug that politicians have arguably long encouraged? Alcohol. Joining me now from Bath is the UK's former drug czar, whose autobiography, Nut Uncut, charts a scandalous history of UK drug policy as virtual class war. Professor David Nutt. In your book, you allege a direct link between Tony Blair's corruption with uh, the Formula One uh, boss, Bernie Eccleston, uh, and alcohol policy being the leading cause of death for men under 50 today? It was a really odd thing, wasn't it, that uh, Tony Blair says, we're absolutely, we're going to get rid of alcohol advertising, and then suddenly, because Formula One is important, and, and I believe that um, the Labour Party is being supported by some of the Formula One, people reading Formula One, that, that suddenly alcohol advertising doesn't get restricted in the way that we all know it should be. And, and when you say the industry there, I don't know whether there are echoes now with coronavirus because uh, we are continually told about the uh, importance of the economy. And that was despite your explaining to them the economic cost of alcohol. If you put it on a balance sheet, it doesn't make money for Britain. No, but at that time, back in the 2000s, over half of all MPs were getting rewards we can put it that way, from the alcohol industry. They had interest in the alcohol industry. It's a very sophisticated industry. They managed to encourage both politicians and editors of newspapers. They come together in regular meetings that are fueled by the drinks industry, regular free parties in, in Westminster, on that lovely terrace overlooking the Thames. There are, every fortnight, there's a party. Which the drinks industry produced the alcohols for free. And senior newspaper editors and uh, reporters and MPs of all persuasions are there basically drinking a great deal um, for free. And that effectively su you know, suppresses all discourse in Parliament and most discourse in the media about the harms of alcohol. Before everyone thinks we're absolutely puritanical on this programme, uh, you might have to uh, remind us about it, but your brain receptor alcohol substitute is it also related to the book, I mean, the opposition to that, as the opposition to your research on brain receptors when it came to anxiety? What is the kind of opposition to uh, the, the alcohol substitute, alcosynths? You have to remind us what they are quickly as well. OK, so uh, alcosynth is a wonderful construct which actually came out of Star Wars. We call our alcorel. As candorel is to, is to sweetness, you get the sweetness without the calories. When I started talking about this, and I've been talking about this now, and, and it's taken up 15 years I've been talking about replacing alcohol. Uh, initially, I think the drinks industry very, very skeptical and thought we were an enemy. But now the public uh, mood, particularly in young people in London and 20 to 40 year olds are beginning to move away from alcohol and they're doing it for health reasons. And that means the drinks industry is not growing at a rate. In fact, for many, um, apart from COVID, COVID's actually been a bliss to them, but before COVID, drink sales were falling and people were moving away from uh, alcohol-containing drinks to alcohol-free drinks. And this trend, I, I think, is going to hopefully get the industry talking to us more. And they all are already. 
they kind of know that it, when people read about alcohol and read about the, the harms, you, you can't escape the fact it's a very harmful drug. So something that can mimic it in a way, but without or with much less of the harms, they see that this could actually be the salvation for them. Uh, and it's rather similar to the way that now most big tobacco companies are moving away from cigarettes, which we know are um, very, very harmful, to safer alternatives. You say cigarettes are harmful, but uh, in some of the graphs and charts in this book, and I know you have lots of pro provisors and caveats, um, it's quite shocking to see how where alcohol comes uh, in comparison to heroin, um, cigarettes, uh, all manner of different uh, drugs. I think if Labour had said they wanted change, it would happen, because I think the Tories would feel that they had to keep abreast. But the fact that Starmer has come out recently saying he doesn't believe in de even in decriminalisation of policy. Well, he was head of the CPS, which prosecuted many well, people under the 71 Drugs Act. OK, but so was Kamala Harris in America, who was a, a public prosecutor in, in California. And she put a lot of, a lot of you know, her, her community, black community, into prison, thinking that that would drive out drugs in California. She's now recanted. And they are going, I believe, to actually remove the, the, the criminal sentences which have been given to so many uh, black people in the states of cannabis possession. So she's changed. I think, you know, I would have thought Starmer should be smart enough to say that what he did was actually wrong. And we've doubled our prison population since the 1980s. And that doubling is all due to putting people with drug problems into prison. And that is truly the most ridiculous thing to do because not only does it not help them, it actually makes it worse. Many people start hero using heroin in prison. They go to prison for cannabis or ecstasy and they start using heroin because it's less detectable and it's easier to get in prison. I've been attacked by the press. I've been attacked by lobby groups. When I was sacked as the government's drug czar for saying that um, the horse riding was more dangerous than ecstasy, I mean, it really was absolutely a kind of, you know, a field day for the press. I'd better just end quickly on how this impacts on class war, arguably, and inequality. Is there something here fundamental about inequality time and time again? It obviously disproportionately impacts on health outcomes for the poor. Um, I don't know whether uh, uh, the rich uh, members of the city taking cocaine watching this program are less likely to die for some reason than those who are poor. Well, what is that dimension to this research? The fact is, you know, if you're rich and white, you ain't going to go, to go to prison if you're picked up with a couple of grams of cocaine. If you're black, you will. I mean, you know, the it's tenfold, you're tenfold more likely to get a criminal record for drugs if you're black than if you're white. One of the problems we've created, Brown and, and, and um, Blair created, by, they incentivized the police. One of the markers for police success was, was cannabis convictions. And, and the police, you know, whatever you think of the police, they're not completely stupid. And they realized that the easiest crime to solve was a cannabis conviction. You just walk into a park in London, stuff a black guy, put your hands in his pocket, find a, you know, a little bit of, of cannabis, then you've got your arrest and police would do that. And that then creates an underclass, which because with those records, you can't get into teaching, you can't go into politics, you can't go into the police, you can't really go into any other civil service. And so what happens? Well, if you, haven't, if you can't get other work, then what do you do? You deal drugs. And this is the whole rationale for the, the Portuguese decriminalization approach. You stop people dealing drugs to get drugs and to stay alive. And you take drugs out of 
black market and you put it into health and then people get treated so they don't have to deal drugs to get their hits and you find that drug use goes right down because it, it's the the use of drugs is fueled largely by drug users selling drugs to get enough money to pay for their own drugs. Professor David Nutt, the book's out now, not uncut, thank you. That interview is by Option Ritansi from his program Going Underground, heard on Sputnik Radio, the current name for the voice of Russia, available online at rt.com. Going Underground is also available on YouTube. One of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people like you to listen to international broadcasts, get a global perspective. Every Thursday evening, I post a new shortwave report at the website for this show. That's outfarpress.com. At my website, you can also listen to past shows. Please take a moment and consider making a safe donation online through PayPal. There's a link at my website along with the podcast link and get advice for listening at home. The shortwave report, which is now in its 25th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. The shortwave report is produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California using solar panels. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening.